So quick note before we get into this episode, we did record this like a few minutes right after we got it all, all in, but we video recorded, so we planned on releasing a video. The uh, the video quality is so bad that it's pretty much unusable. Uh, so we're going to sound a little bit weird in this podcast, uh, so stick with us a little bit and um, we'll try to get better on the next one. And we'll have another full podcast next week following this podcast with a kind of more in-depth review of All In. But, so, what you're going to be listening to next is our initial thought process directly after leaving All In. Thank you very much. Hello. We are Nerds in Square Circle. Technically, I'm Starf Chris, and that's... Sam Kiss. We just got out of All In. Jesus. Let's, let's have a little talk about it. Uh, we're shooting in the hotel room. We just got out of All In... We got to the hotel room about 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Oh my god. It's as close as... I can't... I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't I don't know what to say. I saw a lot of people, podcasters, obviously StarCast was yesterday, so there were a lot of um, YouTubers, podcasters, uh, wrestling, journalists, all recording stuff outside of the show. Um, I tried to keep an ear open to what everyone else was saying, but... The sentiment is is pretty much everyone is I think still kind of in awe of what just happened because I, I don't know how to describe as a show from beginning to end experiencing it is it's the best wrestling show I've ever seen. Well, it's just it's just okay. So I'll go ahead and go on a limb so and start that off that if you, way. If you've watched the show, it was phenomenal as far as in ring quality. Also, if you watched the show, you got to see our beautiful faces. We're all over that like show. We're every dead five center, seconds. So. with David Arquette, of all people, sitting right next to us. So, we're, yeah, we're that's a, even a side note. David Arquette ends up sitting right behind us, and we talk to him throughout the whole entire show. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, super nice. Uh, much nicer than John Mayer. Well, John Mayer didn't seem not nice. John, John Mayer was, was also there, there and he seemed very disinterested the entire time. He seemed but, like he was there because his friends made him go. But other than John Mayer, what that's what I want to say is that the... Uh, I mean, like, the, so the show was... Um, quality-wise, wrestling, in-ring quality-wise was great. But I, you knew, based on the um, the performers on the show, that it was going to be like that. The atmosphere there, and I had talked about it with you on the show last week, that I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. You know, like it was going to show where we knew that no one was really going to get booed. They did boo Nick Aldis in you were the opposed to, NWA though. title yeah. match. Well, that match was... was um, Told in a very old school kind of way. It was it was a very throwback kind of match. But everybody else, you know, just cheering everybody. But it just felt like from in Chicago, which you know, the first time I've been in a Chicago. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a Chicago crowd because it's like what seventy five percent of the people audience coming from. from we met people from New York and people from um, England, England, people yeah. from all, all over the place. But that uh, you expect kind of a. I always expect a cynicism whenever I go to any wrestling show, no matter how. Good the show is. I mean, like, NXT TakeOver shows. Um, when we go to Wildcat shows where we have, like, hardcore fans or just family friends, there's always at least one section of fans somewhere that's kind of shitting on the show. They're kind of being smarky assholes that are saying, like, oh, f- this guy, or kind of fucking around trying to get themselves over, all those kinds of things. And it did not feel like that at this show at all. And I can't think of another show I've ever been a part of where it was just positive energy the entire And it was a five-hour show. And And nobody left. Nobody went home early. And the energy stayed up the entire time. 
and it was a good time that no one was complaining about anything. I mean, at least not that I could read from where we no. were. That it and was, and you could tell just from how loud that got a few times. Where I'm like, so that's what ten thousand people sounds like saying the yeah. exact same thing. Well, I mean, during the main event, the six man tag, which was going so crazy, partially because that was the match, but also because they were trying to wrap it up because they had to be done. So yeah, if you weren't there live, um, the, it ends like really quick and it's kind of rushed right at the end. But, like they were taking two steps for every one step they probably should have been taking. That's because they were completely out of time and they had a hard cutoff of 10 o'clock. They beat it by three seconds and then they stayed in the ring and did this really pretty emotional thank you speech was all the Bullet Club guys. Um, I mean like, like I've seen like even in the main event what I was going to say before that is that when so Rey Mysterio was in the match and he hit a, a frog splash, which he does often, yeah. and it and it calls for like an Eddie chant, and I'm sure it played that way on the road. But I found myself like getting welled up just because of the. It just it felt like a it felt like such a celebration of wrestling. Like it was just it was genuinely like not people being like F WWE or F this and we this is what we want. It felt like a just everybody there was just people that love pro wrestling like pro the pro wrestlers put on the show because they wanted to put on a show just for wrestling not to promote this and not to do this just to be just a show of to celebrate wrestling it felt like a celebration of wrestling that's what they like say wrestlemania is but this felt more like a just a fun show where everyone was there just to love pro wrestling and when Eddie the Eddie Chan it just kind of rung in that like the, this feeling like all the callbacks during the stuff like the the Hulk Hogan stuff with the Flip Gordon Jay Lethal match with the where they were doing Savage and Steamboat so like spots in the match by move. um Tully Blanchard being there with with her with his daughter all the um, special appearances by people it was it just Macho felt Man's like brother. it just felt so positive and then after the show they got which, when the cameras went out, like all the Jack, the Jacksons got their whole family, their kids, and the wives came in the ring, and they just kind of thanked everybody for being there, and it just felt so like wrestlers do stuff like this. It shows all the time. Mm -hmm. They pay homage to wrestlers. They do wrestlers' moves. They thank the audience. They always say that we can't do this without the fans. But for the one of the, if not the first time, definitely one of the only times I can think of right now, it felt like. It just felt genuine. Does that make sense? Like this, this show felt really genuine, which you know, people. It's hard for people that aren't wrestling fans to get that. I guess you know, like that's the hardest thing to get people to get. If you either get it or you don't, and and this was just the purest feeling of everybody just getting how it went and everyone's going along with it. Like no shade was thrown anywhere, and it was just nothing but positive energy. So if you had overwhelming, like a uh, your favorite standout moment for the the whole entire night. Um, oh man. Um, I really like the Chris Jericho reveal. Chris Jericho was there. So, him, oh how the hell is that? Well, I just happen? like the him dressing up as different yeah. wrestlers. He's done that his whole career. And it's just now, it's well, like, the fact that it's like, another, he dressed it's up one as more, Pentagon and, Jr. and you can see all his tattoos. And I'm like, that's Chris Jericho. Yeah. But it just the, yeah, the, because uh, he did it with Rey Mysterio. He yeah. did it with uh, Bushi when he was fighting Naito in New Naito. Japan. Yeah. Uh, it go even going back to like WrestleMania 17, he dressed up like Doink the Clown to attack William Regal. So he's done it a lot, but it's just it's just this one was enough to make it feel like this is just kind of like Jericho's thing, mm -hmm. where he just dresses up like other wrestlers and attacks people. And it was all this the yeah. like promote the uh, cruise, but, but I, th I think it was good for him to be there. Yeah. So it was just cool. 
Like, it felt like a show that if you had never watched wrestling before, you could very easily enjoy. Yeah. But there were so many callbacks to things that were for, like, wrestling, like, fans. Mm -hmm. Like, specifically, the entire blocking of the beginning of the Jay Lethal Flip Gordon match was moved. I mean, I I have to go back and watch, and I've watched the Randy Savage... Ricky Steamboat from WrestleMania 3 match. That's one of my favorite matches. That yeah. when he jumps, so at the beginning, Jay Lethal, and he's doing black machismo like he's uh, possessed by Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. He gets out and he brings Brandy Rhodes as if she's Miss Elizabeth. And I start realizing that they're doing spot for spot the exact beginning of Macho Man vs. Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. And then they stop because then they do the thing he where he remembers that he's Jay yeah, Lethal yeah. again. And I, and I thought it was like, I mean, I didn't expect them. To go all the way, just but they did it for way longer than I would have ever expected them to do. Like it, it was crazy that, and there was like this murmur of everyone around us going like, like "Holy oh my God, crap, that is what it doing. is!" Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, the Omega and Pentagon the, match is the Omega and Pentagon match was stiff, was exactly like I, yeah. what we thought it was. It was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, both those guys are just better than any two human beings ever need to be at wrestling. Well, I mean, personally, I felt. The match that was the best match on the show was the Okada Marty Scurll match. Agreed. That or the Cody Aldis match. The old that match was really old school. It was the really energy in the audience was uh, for that show. I felt was the strongest out of any of the yeah. matches on the show. I don't know if it's because people thought that was going to be the main event. Definitely had the most story behind going it, promoted into it, going yeah, into yeah. it. You know, uh, I didn't need the like the X that happened in it. I'm kind of getting sick of well, that. Well, because it's not. Yeah, I feel like, like I didn't need the the DDP interference either. Like that. that I was, mean, I like, that was great. It was fun. You know, it was awesome to see DDP do yeah. a diamond cutter. David Arquette freaked out because yes, of, he did. Um, oh no! Like David Arquette, like whenever he um, uh, had Cody's hand up in the air, uh, David Arquette behind us was like, "I know what that feels like." Yeah, he did that to me. I was yeah. like, awesome. <laughs> then the Joey Janelli and Hangman Page match Gosh. was just stop doing burning hammers in matches, please. <sighs> it was scary. Jesus. Uh, and then it turned into so we're I'm at all in in Chicago, obviously. Uh, my kids are watching it at home with my wife. And then there's giant pieces. Oh God, yeah. See, I've already forgot. Stage. I kind of blocked, not blocked it out, but like I. It's like segmented out. So, Joey Ryan is one of those kinds of guys where I get the hate on him. I get Jim Cornette's opinion. I totally get sure. it. Sure. But like he was at a Wildcat show, what, like last year? Last year. The Royal Rumble, the Revolution Rumble mm-hmm. last year. And he was a surprise appearance. And you had already expressed that you didn't really care for him. I know my wife doesn't really like, she doesn't like the King of Dong style stuff. And I don't blame her. I, it's not my particular form of sense of humor that I really like it, but when you see him in person, I don't know why it, it just works. Some of these guys, it's it's. it's I get it when people don't like them, but I always often kind of feel like it's because you don't see them. Like the um, the whole PWG stuff, yeah. Which Chuck I so I get all the hate Chuck on that Taylor stuff too. Stuff like that, yeah. But it's the, those wrestlers wrestle on an energy, and then when you're there watching it in person. It's hard to not get caught up in all of it, and mm-hmm. that and that energy carried throughout the whole show. But Joey, it didn't. But it didn't feel like that. It was. It didn't feel like a PWG show. Yeah. Does it, that make sense? And the Joey Donnelly and Hangman Page match was awesome, and then it went into because instantly when it starts happening, I'm like, oh, this is Undertaker. Like they're yeah, well, do, they're doing the Undertaker stuff, but with but was but not penises, yeah, not with, and they carried uh, Hangman Page out. 
a I bunch guess of penises. penises, a bunch of peni, a bunch of dicks, a bunch of penises. Yeah, bunch of um, up and I, I assume up and coming wrestlers dress up like inflatable penises, escorting the newly resurrected. The, I, it I wasn't even that. Like it was the videotron of him rising from the dead, but like the crotch shot. That was a little much. It was for a show where I because that, that was the thing I was saying before we went. I was I you know I appreciate that there were a lot more families there, like p- adults with their kids. Oh, and there was like kids there. Huh? Then I thought there was going to be because I felt like this is such a great moment, but I don't want to feel like like because wrestling shouldn't be just for like adults, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like I like WWE's idea of wanting it to be for the whole family. They do it for PR reasons and for money and all that stuff. But personally, just like the idea that I like to be a, a the idea that I could bring my my son whenever he's old enough to a show, and not have to worry about that kind of thing. Um, but I also didn't think it was that bad. I was kind of, it was pretty. It was bad. pretty bad. Um, it was pretty bad. Any kind, anytime Joey Ryan's out there, I can't allow my daughter to watch that. She's she's seven, so I mean. I mean, you let her watch it at the walkout. Well, he didn't really do. No, he did the whole flip and everything, right? He did. Yeah. What well, was I gonna do? I what are you gonna do? The battle royal was great. Battle royal was good. It was booked. Exactly how Battle Royale should look like this this type of show. With a surprise winner that everybody forgot about. Feels like it has so everybody. How Royal stupid are we that we work. did our predictions, which Sam won by the way. Um, give me my belt. And give we belt. both I'll, I'll give you your belt. Um, we both forget that Flip's not booked on the show, and it's so obvious that he was going to win. The, well, it was a story leading into the show, so yeah. obviously, so you don't tease that kind of thing without a payoff. I mean, you could, I guess. It's just this wasn't the kind of show where it felt like that. All the being the elite stuff got paid off at this show. It did, which is pretty crazy. Because um, that was all that was built. All is as if that show was built specifically for the show. Yeah, yeah. The women's four way match. Was that was really good. Tessa damn Patrick, good. Jesus Christ, wrestling like that a is that is one of the more hard hitting women matches I've ever seen. I know. I was. I feel like I, I feel like I put over Matt Lancey too much on this show. But Matt Lancey's pretty awesome. But I felt like there were a couple spots in that match where Tessa Blanche was wrestling. I was like, are you like ripping off Matt? Like she felt like she was trying to be the women's version of Matt Lancey. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. But she was just like killing it in there. And Chelsea Green. Was awesome. Everybody was great in it. Um, she, Britt Baker was really good. Yeah. I thought Madison Rain was way better than I expected yeah. her to be in that performance as well. So, you know, hats off to them too. The whole show was good. There wasn't anything bad on the show. The um, the Matt Cross match was the only one that felt like not a banger. It wasn't nothing wrong with it, but I don't, I'm not invested in either one of those people. So I didn't. it's not that I didn't care about the match, but it was an opener. And it was fine. It was in the right place in the card. Yeah. Um, um, but SEU and Briscoe's were good. Yeah, uh, Briscoe's got booed for that. That was weird because I thought that SCU, SCU would get turned more babyface. Like, yeah, I guess. Like they've been like calling every town they saw. Christopher Daniels did get booed, but he was fighting Stephen Amell, which was really good. He, he it was okay. I, it was he okay. was it was okay. Way better than I thought he was going to be. Well, yeah. And he was able to carry a match by himself. And I say by himself. He's in the ring with. Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Like, exactly. I mean, I feel like I could probably have a good match with Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels is one of those could wrestle a broomstick kind exactly. of guy. So he could have a good match with anybody. Uh, and he, 
Stephen Amell did a Coast to Coast. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Sans weapon, everything. Got, yeah. It made full contact, too. Yes. That was really good. Uh, he did a table spot from the top turn post to the floor, which mm -hmm. looked brutal. Yeah, like... Because he doesn't know how to fall, and you can tell he doesn't know how to fall. Um, so he fell straight, like... I'm sure he's hurt right now. Hurting. It felt like the whole show, every match, they had the the freedom to just do the match like they wanted to do, mm. whatever they were willing to do. And it felt like, almost like Cody like tried to figure out what everyone was going to do and then or structured Ordered the show around that, that yeah. because it didn't ever feel like anyone was holding back because the bigger stuff was coming later. Every match felt like everyone was giving everything that they possibly could. And because of, the, of that, there were a lot of spots in almost every match. And... With that, there were a good bit of little mess-ups here and there. But again, back to that point of everyone being really positive, it was very forgiving. No one, there were no, like, you f***ed up chance. There were no... There was no CM no Punk point chance. Like everyone cut. In the, Chicago, we were in Chicago, zero CM Punk chance. Zero CM Punk chance. Like, how does that happen? Well, we, when we got tickets, it was right after they announced that he was going to be a pro wrestling tease. Yeah. Signing the day before. And... A lot of people credited that maybe the reason why it sold out is because everyone kind of assumed that Punk was going to be at this show. I, I think the Jericho surprise was one of those things where I think that the show, for whatever reason, felt like it needed a surprise something. so that it feels like a show where anything can happen. Mm -hmm. But for a, for a big build, I mean, I was you know the biggest CM Punk fan when I was a kid, that I was very excited about the idea of being at the venue where he kind of comes back to pro wrestling. But once the show was over, and you pointed that out, that like there was not a CM Punk chant, and then CM Punk was not there, and it didn't matter. Like it wasn't. Like I, did, I didn't feel I like didn't I wasn't it. like waiting. There was a weird thing at the end because of the timing of when it ended that they, the Young Bucks and Kodabushi won, and then they quickly kind of did the like pyro to end the show. Mm. So the Titantron all changed, and, and the whole audience kind of had this weird like, oh somebody's coming out. But then they had like the distribution logo, and we're like, "Oh, it's just the, it's just like it's the end credits or whatever." Um, but then everybody got over fine. We like this show. If CM Punk would have came back, we would be talking about CM Punk. Yes. We're talking about him right now. But I think the show would have focus would have changed. It, the show didn't need CM Punk to be good. It just didn't. It, didn't it doesn't. Yeah. Um, well, I thought it was one of those also shows because I remember I know that a lot of people leading up to it were somewhat disappointed in some of the matchups that were announced because they weren't like dream matches. Like the fact that they said all in, we're going to do whatever we want. People thought, I think had that sentiment of, oh, they can do whatever they want and anybody can be there. So it could be all these kinds of crazy things. And then they're like, well, Cody's going to fight Nick Aldis. And they announced the six man tag and it was, and Marty Scroll versus Okada, I think might've been the first match announced besides the NWA title. Which they've been in the ring like, together uh, before, you know. Uh, it was like, you know, like it's not like none of these are like dream matches. But that was matches. the more so most, just, most entertaining match. But really I think was, with that, yeah. but I think that is why is that it was a match built on um, quality performers doing well with the performers that they're working with, and not built on this atmospheric idea of this is this is going to be awesome because it's this before you get there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it, it didn't need that pomp to sit up on. Even though, I mean, I still feel like, you know, the kind of guys that were here, I thought it was still like a super indie show. Especially considering how many guys, like if they had done All In three years ago, imagine the people that you would have expected to be on it, but can't now because they all work for WWE. WWE yeah. 
And despite all of that, it feels like even though WWE has basically poached professional wrestling almost exclusively just so that they won't be in competition with them, that this show really made it feel like pro wrestling has never been bigger or better and against WWE. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that they just took so much talent away from the independents, it's like it doesn't matter. There's yeah. that much hunger. There's that many good guys. And then once they take them, more guys lift up. And yeah. then those guys. And, come and up. that's the whole thing is like the WWE keeps getting all the independent guys, but didn't we go to a show like this and you're like, yeah, look at all these independent guys that are doing good shows, um, making money, still making a living doing it, and able to have the freedom to work, you know, the independents. And not have to work for WWE, which I mean, it's not bad if that's what you want, they want to do. And Cody said it at the after the cameras went off. You know, it's like WWE doesn't own wrestling. Yeah, uh, fans do. Well, he didn't. We he do. didn't specifically say WWE. He didn't. But, but the but, point, but that, it, but it's not even that. Is it's like no one company or person owns pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is a state of being. State of is a is a, is belongs to everybody. Mm-hmm. And you can't say you can't do this or that because it's like you don't own pro you don't own pro wrestling. Pro wrestling can be everything else too. We're gonna uh, well, we'll probably talk more about our thoughts about it, uh, but we just wanted to get this initial quick reaction. And I have no idea how good this even came out. Just yeah, because, like um, we're in a hotel room. Well, I'm just so worn out, man. I'm super tired. So I'm, like I'm we drove I'm so emotionally exhausted from this uh, show. So it's Saturday night right now, about to be Sunday morning, Friday. We drove 13 hours yeah. in the dark. Just well, like that doesn't matter. Obviously, it's but at yeah. night. Drove 13 hours, got to the hotel room first thing in the morning, slept for like an hour and a half, maybe. maybe. And then we went and ate pizza at this really good pizza place. And then we Deep went to the arena, and we've been at the arena for six hours. Yeah, and it did not feel like... Like when the show was over and you looked around... Even, Nobody was like tired. The, even the yeah. post show, I was like tired. Like but... it went like about twenty minutes of them just in the ring talking and nobody stuff. Nobody got and every, left. Nobody left. Maybe like two or three people. David arguably like some like like it wasn't literally nobody left. Like, you don't throw shade at David, but um, like I can't remember a show like that was even half that long where people weren't leaving. The energy stayed. The entire was there at the beginning. It was there at the very end. People were just invested. People were, I mean, as a not to be. No pun intended. People were all in on this show. Everyone was, everyone was all. It was a very appropriately named uh, event because everybody really was giving it their all. Like I said, uh, make sure you check out the podcast Friday. We release the podcast every Friday unless we don't, and we'll talk more about our thought out thoughts. I want to watch the show again, obviously from yeah, like uh, what's commentary and stuff like that. Yeah, so we're gonna wake up in the morning, and drive home, we're gonna drive Jesus. thirteen hours. Driving oh, again. I'm never drive day. again. I'm never driving. This is every show. day for some poor wrestlers in the 70s. Yeah, I am. 80s. I'm today, f- I'm probably flying next time. Oh, you're gonna go the next one. Oh yeah, all in two. Um, double or nothing. Double or nothing. Okay, give me my belt. Give me my belt. Later. I've been Starf Chris. And this is Sin Kiss. Peace out.